0: welcome podcast listeners to the north star community podcast i'm scott
1: and i'm Teresa.
0: we are your co-hosts
1: yeah i think we are i think that's what we are co-hosts
0: co-hosts pastors co-hosts idiots muppets
1: Bozo's on the bus.
0: (laughs) Bozo's on the bus. I like the Muppets.
1: Okay. I can go with that.
0: (laughs) Okay. Um, We are, as usual, recapping a message from this past weekend, which was, again, Teresa talking, as it has been for the past couple weeks. Due to snow schedules and stuff, you've gotten to, you got to do this message on consecutive weekends, which is a pretty rare feat.
1: Yeah. Especially since the previous weekend, I forgot the main point of the message and got all distracted. So (laughs) (laughs) it was a little bit of a weird thing for me.
0: It's always a good feeling to stand up in front of a room of people and then realize at the end that you forgot to do what you came to do.
1: Look down at your notes and say, oh yeah, I didn't cover any of that, but that was okay. Yeah, that's
0: fine. It it, it all works out. Yeah. And um, in fact, I had somebody tell me the night that you're talking about where you said you didn't get to your main point. Yeah. Somebody told me it was the most special service that they had been to in years at North Star.
1: They did not. Yes, they did.
0: Yes, they did. This is so disheartening. I can tell. She, does, she doesn't believe me.
1: I am about to poke my eye out with a pencil because what this means is I have no clue what our community needs, but- Yeah, well. It really was. I mean, I objectively thought it was also very good um, experience because what had happened was it was a Saturday night message, but it was going to snow on Sunday. Yep. And in Richmond, if it's going to snow, people stop coming out except to go to the grocery store to buy milk and bread, which they don't usually eat or drink. That's right. So um, it was a super small crowd and what was special about it for me was that they um all really participated and so i would say it was a very rich message but it was a rich message because
0: it was a rich conversation
1: yeah we just had such great conversation which you know i love so
0: yeah and i i've come to find that those are some of my favorite that that you know those are some of my favorite nights when you get kind yeah. of a really intimate audience by mistake Yeah. And, uh, or I don't know if it's by mistake or by design. I don't know what's going on there, but it, uh, it ends up being, uh, really powerful. Yeah.
1: Yeah. It was a good night. Yeah.
0: So one of the things I think that came out in the, um, second version of your message. Yeah. Which was this past weekend. Um, well, did somebody
1: come up and tell you how it really sucked?
0: Nobody said that. Okay. Nobody ever says that. (laughs) Um, you know, I can remember um, having uh, repeated conversations with um, somebody who used to come to North Star who has subsequently moved away about, um, you know, and, and and this is not particular to this person. I've had these conversations with a, with a bunch of people over the years, but my life isn't meaningful enough. I'm not doing enough. I need big things to participate in. I need to be... Very successful in my faith. I need to know that, that, that me personally, I, Scott, am doing something with my faith that's making a profound impact for others. How can I get plugged into something big? How can I be part of a big movement? Yeah. That kind of a thing.
1: Yeah. I, and I
0: assume that, uh, that you've had these kinds of conversations with people as well.
1: Well, not only have I had these kind of conversations, but I've heard these messages given to folks, right?
0: Yes. That not- the
1: call is great. Um, in fact, I heard somebody interviewed recently in a podcast where they actually used the quote, to whom much is given, much is expected. Mm-hmm. And um, so there was this this burdensome sense of calling. Um, and look, I think we should... Be burdened with wrestling with what a faithful calling looks like. I wouldn't want to take that away from anybody. You know, contrast that with last uh, weekend, last week's podcast when we talked about the inf- infamous cheesecake rush of 2018, where thousands of people rushed to get a pre- free piece of cheesecake. I mean, that that's ridiculous.
0: Yeah, it's okay to think a little larger than that.
1: Yeah. So, you know, I'm all about the wrestling, but it really does honestly hurt my heart sometimes to see people feeling so um, disheartened by feeling like they have not lived up to God's expectation for them to have a burning bush experience.
0: Yeah. Yeah. So you're jumping in, you're firing on all cylinders. So let's back up a little bit and um, ease into this for those who weren't here this past weekend. So it, you know, I think both of us have spent a lot of time over the past couple of years, or you know, probably for you longer than that uh, since you've been at this a while, and I'm still uh, sort of fresh. Um, Do
1: you know how long you've been here?
0: Uh, I am about to start my eighth year.
1: Yeah, you're not fresh anymore. <laughs> <You're> <laughs> well, rapid. you got to
0: get you got to get a decade under your belt. You're first.
1: rapidly moving into middle age. Oh yeah, <laughs> go ahead.
0: I am. I've got uh, gray hairs around my temples. Uh, yeah, the guy who cuts my hair was mentioning that this week. Get that, getting that distinguished, uh, you know, whatever that is.
1: Yeah. So you're not fresh anymore. No. All right, but go ahead. Fresh, uh,
0: yeah. So um, you know, I've tried to figure out what's a What's a response to that that doesn't, you know, here's here's what I don't want to do. I don't want to rob somebody of their enthusiasm to live out their faith, right? I mean, right. like that's, you know, when somebody comes to you and is excited about trying to find a way to figure out uh, how to live a more faithful life, you don't want to poo-poo that, so to speak.
1: No, but you also don't want to encourage narcissism.
0: You don't want to encourage narcissism, and you don't want to encourage spiritual performance. And specifically, you don't want to encourage people to live out of a mentality that if they accomplish something good, then they're okay with God. Right. Um, That your status before God is, is not so much, you know, the way that you live has something to do with that, but... Uh, too often we we think that there's a one-to-one balance sheet that we need to constantly be managing. I did this bad thing over here, so I need to do a big good thing over here so I can do three or four bad things before I have to do my next big good thing or whatever the case may be. Am I making any sense?
1: Yeah, and, it, and I won't chase this rabbit because it'll just go into the hole of forgetfulness in my mind, but I think there's even some sort of study or something you talked about one time about... Uh, or maybe we were talking about this with Michael, but some sort of study where somebody does one really good thing, they tend to fall off the wagon after that.
0: Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> yeah I don't think that was me because I feel like I would remember that, but I would love to, I'd love to read the results of that. I, that well,
1: sounds... I'll ask Michael because that does, yeah. falling off a wagon sounds like something Michael would enjoy talking to me about. So uh-huh. yeah. So, yeah. Uh,
0: so... Uh, so to personalize it, then, uh, you know, I can remember, um, I have rather vivid memories, in fact, of being in church as a young child, and at the time, you know, churches go through waves of what they want to emphasize, what they, right. what they're saying is most important for a person to do with their life at a moment in time. Right. I'm not judging that, it just is what it is. Every, you know, everybody's got a point of emphasis.
1: Heck, we probably do that here too. Oh,
0: we definitely do, and yeah. I can I can think of examples. Do
1: you want to and share? Them? We, no, okay.
0: But we do, and we do it on purpose, right? Right. Uh, showing up, I think, would be one example yeah. of something yeah. that we do. I think if that's a, not only is that not a harmless one, it's a it's a rather good thing. But you know, all the same. So I, you know, I can remember sitting in the pew and being there, and. Um, Maybe it was part of, was the Lottie Moon Christmas offering, was that missions
1: related? Oh, yeah. Uh, yeah, that okay. was the big missions offering that we take up every Christmas.
0: Yes. So probably was even Christmas time and probably Lottie Moon time. and So, I mean, I, I, I can get, remember getting the distinct impression that if you were a Christian at all, you were supposed to go overseas and become a missionary. Right. And that terrified me. That filled, the idea of that filled me with complete dread. Interesting. And and not only that, I I think these were probably separate occasions. So this was like the culmination of of a number of things coming together. But I can specifically remember somebody also speaking. I'm not sure if it was in a sermon or not, uh, or if it was just in kind of a sharing time about missions work that it doesn't matter. But I can remember somebody saying something like, God only calls you. So maybe you can help me with the language, because again, I'm going back probably 25 years in my mind. God calls you to the thing. God calls you to the last thing you would ever want to do. Oh, God yeah. only mm-hmm. calls you to the to the thing you th- really,
1: really don't don't have any inclination it, it, to do. It was
0: something like God only calls you to the last thing you'd want to do. So the thing that's on the bottom of your list. That's what that you God's would want to do. That's what he's going to call you to do. And it in and, and it was always phrased like, this is God's mm-hmm. sense of humor.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: Whereas um it didn't strike me as being particularly funny. It struck me as what a sadistic person God must be. Yep. Uh so anyway, so because of the, you know, so I thought, well, the last thing I ever want to do is go live in some remote village in in China and be a missionary. I'm just not, I don't have the energy for that. You know, we know now. (laughs) A
1: little five. We know now now that
0: that I was a five, even as a child. (laughs) I was just, that's too much. That's too (laughs) much. I don't have it in me. That's the last thing I want to do. I can think of some things below that on my list now, but we won't, we won't go there. Uh, And uh, yeah. Um, So needless to say, I think that, that those kinds of messages of the big, Spiritual gesture. Yeah. Um, it's like we had a cat growing up who used to bring us gifts. Yeah. Uh, she would kill birds and mice and bring them and leave them on the top of the back steps for us. Yep. And um, to me, that is the the image of spirituality that is being drawn for us when we talk about uh, a faithful life in this way.
1: Yes. And you know, I... uh I've always particularly loved reading and studying the scripture. And uh, I'm terrible at addresses, but I, I'm really pretty good at remembering the words. And the verse that was often used with that philosophy in mind was, you know, that verse about uh, greater love has no man than this, that he lay down his life for his friend. Mm-hmm. And because, I guess, of the messaging of that day... um in a lot of churches i did have this feeling that a sense of calling needed to be on the bottom of the list it needed to be super hard and it needed to be big i'm talking really really big i mean lose your life over big
0: and nothing's bigger than selling all of your possessions and moving to china or africa right right so
1: and if you're not doing that you're just you you're just not you're just not in you're just not really in right. you it's either
0: you you need to be funding the effort. And if right. you're not funding the effort or or making the effort, then one wonders if you've really if you've really gotten this whole Christianity thing, yeah, I'm being uh, sarcastic with that. I'm saying that was the message that was sent. I'm not saying yes. that's how I actually think about it, just to be clear,
1: yeah, so you know, this past weekend, I did that. Uh, I used that verse. And one of the things that I talked about in the message is, look, I know myself. I don't do big things. Yeah. Like, if that's what it means to be a faithful person, then I'm a faithful person fail, because I don't do big things. No. I am I'm one of the things that I asked everybody, what does it mean to lay down your life? And, and we got such good, sincere answers, like somebody said, given somebody a kidney, And afterwards, my friend who said that came up and said, I tried to give somebody a kidney and I wasn't a match. Hmm. Um, And they talked about other big things that probably traumatized me and I can't quite remember them. But um, my point of the message, if you're ready for me to move into it, was that I know I don't do big things. It's like, I'm not going to give anybody one of my kidneys. I cannot stand the sight of blood. Um, um, I had three C-sections. That's all the cutting on I want done in my whole life. I'm not going to give you my kidney. Um, Oh, I know another one was, um, and this was also a very uh, experienced answer when someone said, falling on a grenade to save the life of your buddies during the Vietnam War. Mm -hmm. But spoken out of a real place of experience. And I'm like, if I were in war, I would not be the person that would be falling on the grenade because if a grenade landed at my feet, I would freeze. I am at heart a terrified chicken. I'm not going to, even if I wanted to, my body wouldn't move and do that. I'd be blown to bits, but it would be because I'd be standing there, you know, frozen in time. And so I don't do big things. (laughs)
0: <laughs> some part of me doubts whether that's actually true. I feel like uh, knowing you, that you would think that about yourself, and then in the situation, you would absolutely step up to whatever was required, but that's neither here nor there. I get your point, and I think that... Uh, now, I, I know that maybe this isn't the ultimate point of your message, but I think the first point is you're, you're talking about this verse no one um to put it into modern language no one has greater love than to lay down your life for your friends right so the 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 biggest gesture of love is to sacrifice your life right and so that's where the falling on the grenade example comes from right and and,
1: I, and the and you know whether or not i would step could ever step up and do a big thing here's the thing and this was sort of the point of the message that or a point in the message that the fact that i'm not trying to be dramatic about this i really do not believe that i do big things is in and of itself a problem because i think it's missing the point of that message and one of the things that it it really hurts my heart about is when there are actually things that we're doing that I think God would be saying, "Hey, that that's quite good enough. We're we're not like being able to enjoy that right. uh, moment because we're thinking, well, we're not in China, so this can't mean much."
0: Right. So I think there's a couple of things at play, and I want to walk through them slowly. One is uh, step one would would maybe be, I think. Um, a lot of us are very quick to assume that the sacrifices that we make for others, uh, or the ways in which we live out of our faith, live out our faith. We we are too quick to assume that those things are either insignificant or not significant enough. Right. Okay. So it's not just about avoiding grand gestures. I think it's also about recognizing the significance. So going back to the to the story of, of, of the the man that I was thinking of that mm-hmm. I' had had these conversations with, this was a person who um, was a coach, who um, had, had some teaching responsibilities, who was a father, who was a husband. And it's like there's nothing uh, more significant in life than uh being a spouse or a partner uh over the course of 50 or 60 years right right i mean like that's a long time to be loyal and there's a lot of changes and whoever you're married to after you've been married for 60 years is not the person you married right 60 years before that's a huge effort yeah and it's not just like it's not insignificant just because you feel like you made a vow yeah right and to be a father to somebody and to raise somebody into adulthood, that's one of the most significant things a person can, can probably do. Um, or, or just any type of relationship where you're committed to another person, whether it's spouse, father, child, whether it's a mentoring role, whatever it is, those are really significant things for a person. Being a teacher, being a coach, helping people see what it means to, uh, to live out of a certain way of seeing, whatever that certain way of seeing is. Uh, th- that's really significant and, and, and we've gotten so grandiose uh, in thinking about what sacrifices can be that we miss the fact that, you know, being a husband or being a father or a wife or a mother or a mentor or whatever, uh, that is um, though that is a way, that is a version of laying down your life.
1: I was uh, watching um, the Today Show uh, yesterday when I was working out, and um, they had somebody on there. I wish I remembered his name to give him credit, but I don't. He had just written a book, and he grew up in the foster care system, Mm -hmm. and uh, he was one of the... uh, Really sad stories. He was put in foster care at three and a half and was abused by his foster father for 11 years until he was taken out of the system. And uh, he told two stories. One of them was, is what at some point in there, he said, when I grow up, I'm going to do whatever it takes to be a person who makes sure that this doesn't happen to other kids. And that's what he, that's part of what his life's work has been about and his family's work the family he made with his wife and children. But the other thing is he tells this story about loving to read, and reading was an escape for him, but he only had one book. And a neighbor noticed that he was reading the same book over and over again. And one night she showed up with a box of old books for him, and the foster mom let him have them. And he said, that one act was enough to give me hope until I was out of that. Abusive situation, because I knew that somebody saw me, and somebody cared about me, and somebody met my needs. She gave him a box of old books. Yep. And it was enough.
0: Yeah, and I mean, in my list of, of friendships and or, uh, in my list of significant relationships, I should have just said friendship, too. Yeah. Uh, that that simply being a friend to a person particularly when you have the opportunity to, opportunity to do so over the long haul which is not an opportunity you always have but when you do have that opportunity to be a good friend to somebody or to at least try to be a friend through the ups and downs and the highs and lows of life and of that relationship that is a hugely significant sacrifice
1: yes and I think it it as small as it is that we might miss it, it doesn't mean that there's no element of laying down your life. Because if you're going to be any one of these things that you mentioned, uh, there is there will come numerous opportunities to lay down your life, as in lay down your limited way of seeing in an order to be a good listener um, and fully present for another person. Yep. Yeah. There are a million opportunities to not follow your natural inclinations. And um, the Gottman Institute, which is a wonderful place, you can go there and get regular emails about marriage and relationships. He has a, a theory called the sliding door theory. And he says it's moments when the door opens in a marriage where you can either walk through it And it greatly increases the vulnerability, the intimacy, the connection of the marriage, or you close it and you you lose that moment. Yeah. And he was telling a story about how he was in the middle of a really good book, which I can totally relate to, and I suspect you can too. And he was so excited that he was home and that it was bedtime so he could go to bed and finish reading this really good book.
0: Yep, I know that feeling well.
1: And as he walked by the bathroom, he noticed his wife brushing her hair, and she had a really sad look on her face. And he said to himself, oh, no, not a sad look on her face. I just want to read my book. Yep. But he knew about the sliding door theory, and he said oh, I'm not closing the door on this opportunity. So he said he went back into the bathroom and he took the brush from his wife and he began brushing her hair and he said, you look so sad. Do you want to tell me what's going on? And she told him what was making her sad. Yep. And that's a that's a huge moment. And- right,
0: because, you know, from her perspective, she hasn't uh- – yet made the move to put herself out there, and yet she realizes that she's seen and she's known, cared for, yeah. appreciated, valued. All of those things are communicated in that one uh, simple gesture.
1: Yeah, and then another example was I was reading um Brene Brown's latest book, Dare to Lead, which you know I love. I love the cover. I love every word in it. I've had it about a week. I've read it at least three times already.
0: All right. Go on. I have then. a
1: real crush on Brene Brown. We know, we know. Um so the thing of it is please
0: that's about the third time that's gone off.
1: I can't and help I'm it. I'm gonna if lose people, my
0: damn mind. I
1: can't help it if people love me and like to talk to me.
0: Well you can still turn your phone off even if people love you.
1: No, I can't because I'm dependent stance. But anyway, (laughs) so one of the things that um, Brene talks about in her new book is how we tend to think of vulnerability and trust as being big deal things. Yep. And she says it's not. All her research indicates that trust is layered and piled on one small trustworthy act at a time Mm -hmm. and that it is not the big things and that when you ask people- uh what it is that taught them that they could trust person A or B or C, they always tell some really small story. and uh, and then they have another small story, and then another small story. So all this, the Gottman Institute, Brene Brown, um, my own life experiences lead me to conclude that laying your life down for a friend, is a series of small things. And you know what? I can damn well do small things. Yep. I can do small things. You can. And if I know that that's part of my work, then I can be on the lookout for one small thing. Yep. And if I can do one small thing, and then another small thing, and then another small thing, the person for whom I'm doing a series of very small things from is experiencing me as trustworthy and as a friend. And I love that.
0: Yeah, I mean, it's it, it uh, ties into recovery themes well, because I think underneath that is this idea of, it's almost like one day at a time, one moment at a time, accepting hardship as a pathway of peace. It's almost like that kind of serenity prayer, um, you know basic stuff of like I'm going to do what's right in front of me right now and that's all I'm going to think about. Yep. Um and if you're disciplined to be in that mindset, then you're much less likely to miss something. And in fact, you're much more likely to observe something important, you know, that 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 would otherwise be easy to overlook and deem insignificant. Yep. Such yeah. Such as, you know, walking by the bathroom and seeing a distressed look on somebody's face who's not asking for help. Right. Um, The second part of that, um, of of all of this, so uh, I can't even remember what I said the first. The first part was um, we have a tendency to deem significant things insignificant. Right. Um, The second part is, um, and this is I think a cultural thing, a Western thing, of trying to achieve the grandiose. Mm-hmm. And I think the reasons that people do that, it's different for different people. Some people want the recognition. Um for some people it's battling shame. For some people it's trying to compensate for some other wrongdoing. You know, there's a lot of reasons I think why people could possibly want to go for the grand gesture. I think for some people it's just frankly kind of lazy like I I can get up I can get up for one big thing but I don't want to be dedicated enough to show up for all the little things but mm. you know I think there's a lot of there's a lot of parents uh, who have tried every Christmas to make up for the last year mm-hmm. um, yeah I right. trigger warning <laughs> after the fact. <laughs> but you know what i mean you know yeah. i think that um so i you know so it's like thinking about so so you hear a verse like no one has greater love than this but to lay down your life for your friends and you know the temptation in our culture is to go to the grandiose place of i need to do the big thing but that was not the culture that was not the 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 way in which that would likely be received uh, by the very simple uh, people who Jesus would have been speaking to, and um,
1: who were known for their hospitality, for example,
0: hospitality known for thinking of the group first instead of the individual. You know, thinking that I have to be the one who does the big thing is classic, like me before the group kind of thinking, right? which would be totally foreign to them. It just hadn't occurred to them. It's not that they were better and that we're worse. It's just that that would not have occurred. Uh, Anyway, so, I mean, part of it for us in taking that verse seriously is actually sacrificing our own desire for grandiosity. Mm -hmm. You know, like laying down our lives is laying down to some extent our own selfish ambition and our own selfish desire to be seen and known and recognized and appreciated. I mean, all that is, you know, for us, it's, it's you know, your instinct is to say we need to do the, the big thing. But I think what's actually kind of underneath those verses is giving up the big thing.
1: Yeah, exactly. Yeah. And for whatever reason, I find that quite encouraging And, you know, directional for me, um, instructive. Yeah.
0: I think it's encouraging if you're struggling to figure out what the grandiose thing would be, and you are willing to dedicate yourself to a certain set of practices or a certain way of life. I think it can be discouraging if you're still kind of looking for the shortcut, you know, like this this thing is going to finally fill me with some kind of spiritual significance, some kind of sense of meaning and purpose.
1: Well, you know, if you're discouraged because of that, I am not sorry about that. And let me tell you why.
0: Yeah, please do.
1: Because in December of 2018, thousands of people who could have afforded to buy their own ding dang piece of cheesecake caused a ruckus in Northern Virginia just so that they could get a free che- piece of cheesecake? And if this is what our world has come to, shame on us. Get discouraged. <laughs> <laughs> How's that? How's that? Did I go to preaching?
0: Uh huh. Another. <laughs> so we had a we had a North Star shirt for 2017 that we were supposed to make that said "Stay Sick." <laughs> And now we've got one for 2018 that says, get discouraged. <laughs> so maybe I mean, we should just make it one T-shirt and on the back it says, stay sick. One says, get discouraged.
1: You're onto something.
0: Uh-huh. I think give we're going to increase give our Give up our your intentions. dreams. Give up your hopes and dreams.
1: But honestly, I mean, um, yeah, I mean, you know, I'm still obsessed with that cheesecake story. Uh, second podcast where I'm obsessed with it because because I can so relate to it, because I am so not the person who does uh, does big things that one of the and and so I'm not gonna I'm not striving to to win the marathon or anything like that. then I am very vulnerable to getting distracted by any little small thing that comes along. Because you know, here's another point we haven't talked about. When you're shooting for that one big thing, you have to get really obsessed with it. Yeah. And so I wonder if that's why so many people are so tempted to put that out there as the thing to do. Because it would, if you could get somebody to buy into it, it would engender a certain amount of obsessive loyalty to the cause. Um. So, the cheesecake for me is, is a reminder to myself of how often I get distracted, uh, not by free cheesecake, but by shiny things that, that capture my attention for a while.
0: Yeah, I mean, I think the obsession point is a good one because if you're obsessed, if you are obsessed with that one big thing, and, and and then you can feel justified giving all of your attention to it. And if and, But when you give all of your attention to it, you're giving yourself permission not to pay attention to a whole bunch of things that may feel unfortunately time consuming. Right. You know, like somebody who's a husband and a father and a teacher and a coach and they want to give all of their time to whatever, you know, starting a nonprofit that who knows. But like... You dedicate all of your attention to that, and now all of a sudden you're not able to give attention to the kids that you're coaching, or more importantly, your own children or your wife, or, you know, y- there are consequences for that obsession, even though it may get you in the paper.
1: Yes. And it may, it may really get all your adrenaline juices flowing.
0: Yeah. Um, Just because something makes us feel good doesn't mean it's good. Exactly. You know it's like the uh your example uh that you've returned to all these years of Curtis bacon is good for bacon me bacon
1: is good for me well, Wait Curtis, a if
0: you eat that much bacon, it <laughs> is not that good for you.
1: bacon is good for you within limits. everything's gotta have its limits-
0: uh-huh. yeah, yeah, so laying down your life for your friends probably don't go to the most. Uh, extreme place with that.
1: Yeah, but I got to close with this other example because uh, this is thanks to my friend who came up after the message and uh, last week and told me I was confusing. Um, uh, so she went on and said that um, trying to give up her kidney was an easy thing for her. And she didn't understand why I thought that giving up a kidney would be a big deal thing. And so... I thought she really made a really great point because I think that there are things that we are all uniquely gifted at bringing to community and friends and family. And if we're uniquely gifted at them, they seem simple to us. Yeah. They seem easy. And uh, don't lose sight of the fact that they might be really hard for somebody else. So... She thought that my example of giving up a kidney as a big thing was ridiculous because she would have gladly done it. Well, that's her gift. It still would be a big thing for me, and I'm still not going to give you my kidney. Just, I'm just telling you that. That just freaks me out. But it didn't freak her out. So this is one of those things where nobody can tell you what it means to lay down a life for a friend uh, because... It looks a lot of different ways for different people. So I thought she had a really nice little addendum to the message. It cleared it up a bit.
0: Yeah. All right. Well, I think that uh, we've probably said everything that we're going to say. What do you think?
1: Well, I think we did in 10 minutes of things we shouldn't have said. So I hope you'll take all that out.
0: Oh, yeah. It's already
1: out. Okay, great. Yeah. Uh, Yeah, this has been fun. And if you've gotten to this part, we're glad you've hung with us. We're going to have some music probably going on now. And Scott, do you know where we get that music from?
0: It's a group called Blue Dot Sessions, and you can find them on the web. And you always remember the website.
1: Sessions Dot Blue?
0: Yes. <laughs> wow. You never remember the website.
1: <laughs> it's that Ginkgo whatever that I'm taking from my memory, I'm sure.
0: Yeah, you don't even know the name of the thing, so I don't think it's worth You probably should stop <laughs> taking it. You're going to die of some unexpected consequence from that.
1: Uh, we'll see. We'll see.
0: Um, okay, so if you have somehow stumbled on this podcast via SoundCloud, iTunes, Google, whatever, uh, we're North Star Community. We're in Richmond, Virginia. You can find us on the web at www.northstarcommunity.com. If you happen to be in our area, we have Christmas Eve services Nope, that's not going to work because by the time this podcast is posted, it will be after Christmas.
1: So if you found this message at this time, what we can tell you is we're enduring a new year and we're going to be talking about something in the new year that is going to be super practical and insightful. That's our hope. That's our New Year's resolution. So
0: if you like things that are practical and insightful, then this could be the place for you. Yeah,
1: so join us, visit us, see, check us out. <laughs>
0: <laughs> All right. We are just teasing as usual. Thanks, everybody, for listening. We appreciate you, and we appreciate your support. We'll see you next time.
1: Bye-bye.